I'm Emily Grace, and I'm a financial advisor here at Bernstein Private Wealth Management. I'm joined today by Tara Thompson Popernick, the Director of Research in Bernstein's Wealth Strategies Group. I asked Tara to join me today to discuss how to talk with kids about money. We both have kids around the same age, and this is obviously a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. So to get us started, Tara, could you talk a little bit about what's the most important thing for parents to consider when they're framing their discussions with children around money? You know, whether the child's three years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, how, how, how do we think about these things? Sure. So, you know, as, for, as long as you're first sure that your child understands what a $1 bill is and what a $20 bill is, the, the next question is about framing the values that your family um, finds to be their biggest priorities. So this all intersects in a conversation about work and spending and earning and philanthropy and all of these things that where family and monies intersect. Um, you know, we, we find that one thing we can do is to help the family unit think through what those values are and how they prioritize them. But those messages are being carried through in all actions, no matter whether it's explicitly articulated or not. I, know, I always think it's so funny when people say, you know, I'm 60, you know, my children are 16 years old. I've never actually talked with them about money. How do I start? And it's, you know, well, you sort of have been talking with them about money without necessarily having the conversation just in how you're living your life, how you're spending your own money, what they're seeing about your charitable giving, how you're traveling, where you're saving, all of that seems to resonate with kids regardless of their age. Do you agree? Absolutely. And we often see adults who come in and talk to us for the first time about some of their own values, and they'll say things like, well, my family never talked about money but here are the things that I did learn about money. <laughs> so that message is coming through regardless of whether it's explicitly articulated. Um, one place that can be explicitly articulated if you do want to start this, this conversation is around allowance, particularly with school-aged children. So Emily, what have you seen uh, with your own clients uh, with allowance? It's interesting because allowance can certainly be one of those hot-button topics. And usually we we see allowance starting around five or seven years of age. Uh, you, you know your own children. So you know whether or not you know five is too young or seven is still too young. Maybe it's time to start at eight. Maybe there's some children where you could start at four years of age. But really trying to set expectations around allowance. How much are you going to give? Make sure that you are giving it on a set schedule. So whether it's every Friday or Tuesday or whatever it is, that you're giving the child their allowance, that you set the expectations around what that allowance is for. So what will you take responsibility for? You will pay for you know, groceries in the house and clothing to wear for a coat and school clothes. You'll pay for you know, some gifts. But set the expectation that if the child wants you know, that knick-knack at the checkout or some little Shopkins that they really want, that's really what their allowance is for, is to cover these extra costs, and they need to think through how to budget that allowance and make sure that if they don't that they don't spend it all at once, and if they do, there are repercussions for that. You know, they can, they can't spend more until they get their next amount. We also tend to believe, and this you know, some people feel one way, some people feel the other, but research tends to show that not tying the allowance to chores and really having it be you know this is what you get. You do chores because you are a member of this family. 
but in addition to that, we are giving you an allowance on the side, and that's to cover these extra incidentals. You know, also making sure then not to tie the allowance to being a reward or a punishment, that they didn't do their chores and therefore they don't get their allowance. The two should really be separate. And so, you know, have you seen different ways that people implement the allowance or what, what do you see as being most successful, Tara? So, so what I think also the research has shown, especially for small children, is if they're going to get a set number of dollars, say it's $5 a week, to actually give them individual dollars so that they can budget it instead of just having this one $5 bill that they can't break up into other pieces. There's something about the tangibility of the allowance, so not just putting it in an account for them, but giving them physical dollar bills that, at, especially at an early school age, it's just developmentally more appropriate. The A transaction ledger is too abstract, so having the physical dollar bills is important. And clear jars is something that um, people <laughs> recommend. So whether it's all going into one jar that they can spend from, or you um, bifurcate into save and spend, or save, spend, and give, um, depending on what your personal family values are trying to emphasize, that can um, be really helpful so that they can see the amount growing inside of the jar in a, in a clear plastic jar. That's fantastic. And can you talk a little bit about some of these sort of matching programs that we've heard about, sort of like 401k type things? Sure. So so we have um, some clients who've worked with their kids to say, okay, if you're going to save a dollar, I will match your saved dollar. Um, that starts at a very young age and even continues up through adulthood. Um, working on a short article right now about helping your recently graduated and recently working child save into a retirement plan because at 22 or 23 years of age, money saved into something like a Roth account can actually um, really set them up for life. But most young people would rather not put that money in. Well, if you would otherwise be giving your child money towards a cell phone bill or towards their rent, incentivize them by saying, if you put money in your Roth or IRA or Roth 401k or even regular 401k, I will give you that same amount of money so that your net spending amount does not change. And, well, and that can be money now. Right. I, <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, you know, and it is interesting when you think about, you know, we've thought about sort of some of the values and how we communicate them and how they shape the family and the discussions around money and thinking through the broader topic of allowance. But I often think it's interesting because it really is dependent upon the age of the child, mm -hmm. what conversations and how you're going to frame those discussions. So I always think, you know, you talked a little bit about the clear jars. Mm -hmm. When children are sort of two to four years old, that's often a good time to start really having these discussions and whether it's through the clear jars and kids love piggy banks. You know, my daughter will go around the house and scoop up all the change and throw it into her piggy bank. But having a clear jar or a clear piggy bank where they can actually see the money accumulate as opposed to just you know, go into this black hole of porcelain where there's no, no sign of it, again, can be interesting. Also, with that age group, with the two to four-year-olds playing cashier, letting them have a turn at you know, being the cashier or having a turn at you know, being the customer and counting out the money and trading. You know, here's the jar of tomato sauce in exchange for the money can be really helpful. Talking about the coins, showing them the difference between a quarter, a nickel, a dime, a penny. But really at this two to four-year-old range, we see making children wait for things and saying no to them 
can be so powerful and can really help set them up for future financial success. You know, letting them see that you have to wait, you have to save your money before you can pay for something. Delaying the gratification can make a difference. So that's a lot of what we think about in the two to four year old range. What would you say as you get a little bit older for children who are sort of five to seven? Right. Once you're in that early school age range, um, that's a great place to start the allowance. Let them handle the money. Um, there's, uh, there's something at my son's school where they can buy ice cream in the cafeteria for a dollar. And so they, he gets to handle that dollar. And if he loses it, then he gets no ice cream in the cafeteria that day, um, at lunch. Yeah. Which is, which is a fantastic, very early, very cost effective way of letting the kids handle money, but then starting to understand the abstraction. So for most of them, they don't see transactions the way that we did when we were growing up. Um, they, it, most, much of our shopping happens online. Um, much of our transactions, even in physical stores, are done via credit card. So see, letting them see occasionally going to the deli and buying a, a quart of milk and, and showing them uh, giving the physical money to the cashier is a lesson for them. And, oh, this translate into an item or this translate into an exchange of goods or services it is something to, to start to, um, to, to um, work on. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Because then as we get a little older into sort of the eight to 10 year old range, you've already laid the groundwork for what is money and the credit and debit side of things, you know, paying for cash and using your card and going to the bank and all of that. But what we often see is around eight to 10 is where children start to be interested and really, really interested in where it comes from and where it goes. You know, how do you earn it? And so, you know, when the children are young, yes, they know you go to work. But the idea that you're paid to go to work and the idea that that money that you're paid is what then pays your mortgage and your maintenance or your rent or the gas and electric bill, that's really an interesting time to start focusing in on that conversation. You know, and the difference between wants and needs. You know, so we need to pay our electric bill. We want the cotton candy. Right. <laughs> really being able to, to differentiate those two. You know, when, when you talked earlier about the, about the matching program for allowance, it reminded me of you know, one thing that we often see successful in this age range, in the 8 to 10-year-old age range, is, is creating a challenge. Mm -hmm. So if you ask your child to, you know, you show your child your electric bill and you say, you know, okay, our electric bill is $200 a month, if you can bring it down, I'll pay you the difference or I'll pay you half the difference. Mm -hmm. It's a way for children to really start to see the difference and how their actions can impact financials, can impact your expenses. And so that's been that's been a fun thing that we've that we see in the sort of eight to ten give or take age range. What are some of the things that we see and talk about in, for children ages 11 to 13? Right. So, so once you're in this range, you're in that tween range, which is where the um, kids are often starting to feel a little peer pressure, um, a lot lately around technology. So who gets a cell phone, what cell phone do they get, and when do they get it becomes a very hot topic. So this is an opportunity to kind of demonstrate smart spending decisions and thinking through, well, maybe you don't want the the model that's available right now, what if you wait a few months, you could get that same model for less 
money when the new model comes out or have the opportunity to purchase the new model, et cetera. Um, that can help these children develop a spending plan. But it's also a good time to, as a parent, uh, share past mistakes. There may be, have, there's definitely something in your past that you that probably you purchased, <laughs> right? That, that was, you know, supposed to be the, the greatest thing that maybe didn't turn out to be. Um, and so it's an opportunity to talk them through, you know, here's why we're going to spend X dollars on this rather than that. Um, in particular around clothing, sometimes you can buy a really, a bunch of really trendy pieces for, um, very inexpensive prices, but is that going to last your whole school year? No, you may want to, you know, buy fewer things, but that are nicer quality that you're going to be able to wear, um, this season all the way through. Which is probably a great lesson for kids to learn at this age, especially mm -hmm. as they get into their teen years and more and more of them start to sort of put into practice what you've been talking to them as a parent about for so many years. And really thinking through, it's the teen years where we see so many kids get jobs and jobs mm -hmm. are a great way for children to really start understanding at a young age how they, how they earn that money, how they spend it and why it matters. And so thinking through a lot of those lessons that you're putting in place at 11 to 13, you mm -hmm. know, and, be, and before, and being able to say, okay, now that you're having a job, now that you have a job and you're managing your own income and saving for big ticketed, ticket items, really thinking through setting the expectation for where those earnings should go. And so one of the things that can be very successful is just setting from a very young age the sense that you need to save. Right. And so whether it's, you know, when they're five to seven and just starting their allowance or as the allowance get in, gets increased and it's putting some into that saving bucket and perhaps matching that saving bucket. And, you know, thinking through when you get a big gift, it's your bar mitzvah or your sweet mm -hmm. 16 or you've started to earn money that, you know, half of that should just go automatically into the savings bucket is a really is a really interesting discussion to have with children because as we know, and as you talked about, we have research coming out on different ways to help people in their early 20s think through it. The work that we're doing, you know, from two through the teens is really key to, to the success there. Absolutely. And this is also a time when you can start thinking about things like finding, getting a low, a low limit credit card and, and putting a small balance on it every month just to build a payment history so that when your child is 22 or 23 and needs to have that credit history in order to get an apartment or lease a car, they have a track record that's not based on your track record because it can no longer <laughs> be once they're out on their own. They need their own credit report. Right, exactly. It's fantastic. Okay, so we've covered a lot of ground today, and this is obviously a big topic with a lot that's specific to each particular family. So I want to ask everybody who's listening in to reach out if you want to discuss any of this in more detail or to discuss any other financial issues. Tara, thank you so much for sitting down with me today, and thank you to everybody who's listening. Absolutely.